You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So he quotes a Medrash. The Isa of Medrash Rabbah, the Medrash Rabbah tells us, Al-Pasik Bezos Yavo Aharon El HaKodesh. With this, Aharon shall come to the Holy. Zesha Amar this is based on the verse. It's a verse in Mishlei. Ki betachbulos tasel with strategy, with trickery, you can go to war. So the word tachbulos is a difficult word to translate. It usually means like a strategy or with conniving or planning. But the Medrash takes the word and understands it differently. Their motto? Okay. So Rab Nasan Rab Acha Bishem Rabbi Simon Omer, so Rabbi Nasan and Rab Acha, both in the name of Rabbi Simon, Imasisa Chavilos Shal Averos, if you have done bundles of sins, Asei Kinegdan Chavilos Shal Mitzvos, do against them, or corresponding to them, or in correction of them, bundles of mitzvos. Einaim Ramos, if your eyes were lifted up in haughtiness, then wear tefillin between your eyes. So what you're supposed to do is if you've done things that are not good, you should try to outweigh them with similar kinds of mitzvos, um, which which will uh, counterbalance. Right. It sounds like you should put more emphasis and more wear them for longer. Do more. That's why you make bundles out of them. If you feel like there's a certain area where you've done lots of things, so do lots of things in the other direction for this. So I'd like to explain this. The Mashenoda with something which is famous, which is known. And this is uh, a concept which we've discussed before. Every person has one thing which you were created to fix. You can do all kinds of mitzvahs and averis, you can do all kinds of things, but there's one thing which you are really here to accomplish. And as long as you don't complete the fixing of that thing, it's as if you were never here. And better would be the person not born. Every person, besides for the 612 other commandments, which you are acquired to fulfill, one of those is your it. If you didn't do it, you've wasted your life. If you've done it, you've accomplished in life. Everything else is extra. Like, like uh, what's that game in the Harry Potter thing? Quidditch? Right? So, it's really about who catches the snitch. That's the only thing that matters. All the other things are just a waste of the game. Right? So, this is your big thing. Because of Harav HaKadosh. That's it. So then, but yeah, but then, well, you can still get... Well, you still get, get well, I'll, I'll wait, I'll wait to do it if you know what it is. You still get minor things. 
you still have mind and thing. So, no, I still think you still get a chance to do more mitzvahs, but this is the only one that matters. So, then the question is, you don't know which one it is. Ah, very good. The problem is, you don't know which one of the 613 mitzvahs it is. So, what do you have to do? All of them. You have to do all of them. So, whoa, whoa, no one can do all of them. Yeah, it means whatever applies to you. Uh, obviously, obviously, no one's going to be put into the world as a Yisrael, and their mitzvah is going to be as a Kohen not to become Tame. So, it's going it's to be something that applies to you, and we'll see soon that we actually have a clue as to this. But the simple understanding is that you just don't know, and therefore you have to approach every mitzvah that you have as if this is it. Because of our Rav HaKadosh, so the Arizal makes it easier, or makes it harder, because he actually tells us what your mitzvah is. Okay, so we need a drum roll for this. Everyone has an evil inclination that draws you to sin. He is working harder than anything else to get you to ruin in that area, in that area, more than any other mitzvah. So basically, you don't know what it is, but your Yetzirah does know what it is. And he's trying to get you not to do it. So he works harder on that than anything else. So whatever is for you the hardest, or as uh, maybe a better way to say it, that one thing that you've said to yourself, I'm going to do everything besides that, that's the one you were put in the world for. So, but that assumes you know, you're learned enough to know what is right and what's wrong. If a person is breaking shops, they don't know it. Maybe that's the thing that they're here to fix. They just... Yeah, but their, but their greatest evil inclination would be the, the movement or motivation to go and learn. Uh, that's what they, they know that they know that that's they're experiencing some inclination. They're having this uh, um, these challenges in life. So whatever they're facing their challenge with, that's going to be the problem. So that's what the Medrash is saying here. It's not just enough that you should repent from your transgressions. Because even if you end up coming out ahead, you'll have more mitzvahs than averus. You haven't done your job to fix the world. You are put into the world if someone if someone hires you for a job they tell you to build to build the building so instead of building the building you um, lay down carpet or build a parking lot to do so the person might be appreciative but that's not what I hired you for Hashem put you in the world to do a job and if you focus on everything else besides for that you're missing the point and therefore the appropriate way. Find those areas where you have um, blemished the most and do mitzvahs there. Because if you just focus on where your challenges are, which is likely to be those areas where you have already failed then it's likely that you'll end up doing what you're supposed to do. That the fact, those areas, and that's why Teshuvah is so important. They ask a question. 
which is when during the Aseris you made Teshuvah, you're supposed to um, look back at the things you've done the previous year and try to fix them. One of the questions that's asked is, what's the situation of during the Aseris you made Teshuvah? We're talking about someone who on Rosh Hashanah was Benoni. Someone who on Rosh Hashanah was about balance. So then you do Teshuvah during those 10 days. Why do I do Teshuvah during those 10 days? Why don't I do mitzvahs during those 10 days? That'll also um, put me on the balance of the positive. And the answer, according to this, is because it's not just enough to do Teshuvah, um, just to do mitzvahs. To really affect the balance in a serious way, mitzvahs are so small compared to what your big mission is. So what you're supposed to do during the Aserah Simei Teshuvah is find those areas where you're really challenged. And he's saying the whole year round. What you're supposed to be focused on is on those areas. So according to him, HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us a, did us a favor by allowing our evil inclination, insight, into what our true purpose is. We can use when we look back through our history and find the area where we've been most challenged, where we found the greatest level of difficulty, we can use that to now figure out um, what our real purpose is. Of course, since it's our hardest thing, it's the hardest thing in the world to do, but at least you know what you were put in this world to fix. Rabbi, we've discussed this in the past, and once you conquer that, then the next thing steps up, and that now becomes your hardest challenge. So that's what the judge was asking. Well, what if you figure it out and then you've resolved your purpose in the world? Does that mean your life is over? So, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if anyone ever truly overcomes what their greatest challenge is to the point where they no longer need to be challenged in that area. But, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe if a person does... But you know what? Leaving the world because you finished your job is a pretty good place to be. You know, I, what, what I don't see is you mentioned like it was tikkun olam, that it was fixing things in the world. So let's say somebody has the hardest time with wearing a kippah. How does his putting on a kippah fix the world? So it's interesting. <coughs> you, 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 we use the word, uh, the word tikkun olam, which he uses here, because that's probably the most... Uh, the 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 most horrid case of the hijacking of a word um, that um, in uh, in 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 Judaism, uh, the fixing of the world happens when we do the right thing and we correct ourselves. And when we correct ourselves, we fix whatever is correlates to that in the world. So let's say someone has a hard time with um, identifying as a Jew. Let's make it more general than just the yarmulke. The yarmulke might be an example of that. But the real issue is identifying as a Jew. That person hangs out in places, they're embarrassed, they're ashamed of being a Jew. They're... So Kiddush Hashem, therefore, is their, is their biggest issue. So when they see this, when they hear this, they realize that this is what they're supposed to do. And when they do that, when they start to identify as a Jew and create a Kiddush Hashem and do the right thing, at that point they're actually fixing the whole world, more than anyone who saves the whales or, or the trees. Yeah. Yes. In, a, in a sense of the spiritual world? Even in the, in the physical world. The, right. other I, we talked about this on, on, right. we talked about this on Wednesday night's class, that uh, you know, by the flood, God, when the people sinned, God destroyed the physical earth as well. Our actions don't just affect ourselves, and not just the upper worlds, which we know are affected, but even the physical world 
is affected by our behavior. When we do charity, the whole world becomes more charitable. When we do kindness, when we judge favorably, the whole world judges favorably. We just don't believe in the in our true power. What if what if your challenge is to not do? What if what if what you need to do is sit and be silent in some area? How does that fix things? Um, in other words, in the same maybe way that anything else fixes things. If people become less angry, then the world becomes less angry. If people become less um, haughty, then the world becomes less haughty. Uh, whatever you do is going to, if it's a bettering of yourself, it's going to affect the world in general in that way. Okay. 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 Let's let's leave this piece because I want to go to Parshas Kedoshim. And uh, there's quite a few pieces here to get into. So we're going to go all the way to the end of Parsha's Kedoshim. What is the Enenu Teshuvah that we're skipping? Uh, subjects of Teshuvah. Why is it between uh, Achremos and Kedoshim? Because uh, Achremos is, has, contains the Mitzvah of Teshuvah. Okay. So if, if Teshuvah is a Mitzvah... Then, sh- sh- so, shouldn't the only thing that you'll be doing beside, uh, during the study of Teshuva is Teshuva, because you're getting a mitzvah. Right, right. Teshuva is an interesting thing, because not only do you get your sins erased, but you also get a mitzvah of Teshuva. So it's a, it's a, it's a two for the price of one. Right, okay, on page Tzadi Hay, in Pasha's Kedoshim, we're introduced to a concept called Kares. Kares means that someone gets the death penalty by the hands of heaven. And the Gemara makes a calculation as to what's considered Kares. Moed Katan, Perigimel, in the bottom of page Tari Hay. The Gemara says that there's an exception if someone, um, if someone dies, Meis Benun Beis Shon, if someone dies 52, that's not Kares which is a very strange thing, that a person um, dies specifically in that year of 52 years old, because Shmuel the Navi died when he was 52, so therefore that's not considered karis, because we know that Shmuel was a Navi, he was a Navi of Hashem, who died in the favor of Hashem, and yet he died at 52, so it must be, says the Gemara, that 52 is not karis. So it sounds a little bit like apologetics, right? He, he but wasn't Karis for Shmuel, but what about anyone else? And that's what the Gemara says. 52 can't be Karis, because otherwise Shmuel wouldn't have died at 52. We're talking about anything under the age of 60. No, no, 52. If someone who dies... Uh, we're not getting into the definition of Karis. The Gemara just says that if someone dies at the age of 52, that's not Karis. And like as he's going to explain, this seems like a problem with... You're taking after the fact, because Shmuel died at this, is there a reason why 52 should be different, that you are now re-explaining anyone who dies at 52? So he says, Basically, the Gemara goes into the opinion that between 50 and 60 is going to be Karis. Then why would Hashem have taken Shmuel at the age of 52? Then why is 52 a... Um, if other people die, why are they not 
liable to Kares, just because Shmuel died at 52. The Yesh Lomar, so he explains like this. The verse in Tehillim tells us that the lifespan of a person is made for 70 years. 70 years is a life. Longer than 70 is called living longer. However, the Gemara tells us, that the first 20 years don't really count. In this world, the first 13 years, you don't get punished by Basin. But in the upper world, the first 20 years, you don't get punished for anything which you did during the first 20 years. And the reason is, <laughs> because even though we say that a 13, even though we say that a 13, you're a bandas or a bardas or a basdas, which makes you um, bar mitzvah. And for a girl, the das begins at the age of 12, because it starts a bit earlier. But that's only the beginning of when das starts to happen to a person. But you don't come to full mind, to full understanding, to full build, to completion of mind, and science says about the same thing, until the person turns 20 years old. Now, the United States of America, they have a different number here, they have 21, which is when they think that you can start making decisions. Um, but, uh, right, good, good luck with that. But, but it, within, within based in Shalmala, we say at the age of 20, the person is considered... Um, so what that means is that if a lifetime is 70 years, that 20 of those years are just kind of practice and a run-up, that means that the real living of a person is for the next 50 years. As the Marsha explains, The first 20 years are the years of youth. Those are just training, and you're not fixing yourself. You're not correcting yourself. You're not doing much in the, in the world of the positive. However, sometimes you have a person who's an exception. Someone like Shmuel, who at the age of two was taken to the Beis Hamikdash, he was already as a child working on, on his soul. And therefore, he was separated from other people. So his younger years counted as part of the amount of years he was given. Sometimes one person can live 50 years, and those 50 years would be the equivalent of someone else's 70 years. Because the main life of a person is really a total of 50 years. Why? Why is the number 50 years? Because there are five parts to your soul. Nefesh, the life force, the Ruach is the spirit, the Neshama is the soul. But then there's two other parts that are actually surrounding you. They're a deeper, incomprehensible light. They are called Chaya and Yechida. Those are the five parts of your soul. Each one is made of ten, ten stages. So to fix yourself completely... You need 50 years, each year work, working on one level. So she knew, she knew she was going to have the perfect child at the age of two. 
was going to be taken to the base of English and start working on himself. And that's why she says, let him stay there. Ad olam. What's olam? Forever. What, but forever is 50 years. How do we know? Because in Parshas Mishpatim, it says when a uh, Evadivri gets his ears drilled, and he says he stays until Yovel, what does it say? Vavadola Olam. So a world is 50 years. You need 50 years to work on yourself. Every person needs a minimum of 50 years to get through all this. So Shmuel starts at 2, he was done at 52. Two years until he, <coughs> while his mother nursed him. In the 50 years he worked for Hashem. I hear this as unbelievable. So someone who dies early because they accomplished so much, that's not Karis. But before Bar Mitzvah, how could he fix anything? You can fix things before Bar Mitzvah if you take it. So the average person starts at 20. But if you take it on yourself, and that's what he's saying, that you can start, if you choose to work on yourself, and now, I say this is dangerous, because it could cost someone years of their life, meaning they could live a shorter life. They could, but this. you still can get... But it's there. the same amount of accomplishment, right? So that's what he's explaining... Well, long life. You could get long life, even if you accomplish, you get extra also. There's people that... that yeah, but, but in general, you only get what you were given, the amount of time for the things to do. So if you do them early, life ends early, but not because of punishment. It's done. Right? So, So what, was, what, what, were, what the Gemara is saying is that anyone who dies at 52... Our sages understood that 52 was that number of two years of nursing, which was in those days everyone nursed for two years. If you die at 52, that's a sign that you started working immediately. For the rest of us, that would be 72. No. Um, no, 20 to 70. So the, the first 20 don't count. So then it's 70. 50, so add 52, and you've got 72. No, no. It's only two because he started at two. Right, right. So he started 20, so it's 70. So it's 70. It's still 50. 50. 20. How does this apply to a gear? Same That's what I'm wondering. So it sounds like... We have a later start. Do we have right. more time? It, it, it sounds like it would be the same thing. Whatever you put in the world to accomplish... It so from the point of the conversion. Right, that's right. So then you're 20 or you're 13 or 12? 20. Oh, what? Well, we right. don't get much more. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Adam Arishan, Adam Arishan was, was created to be 20 years old, as was Chava. So they were brought into the world physically at the age of 20, developed that way. So... Um, so dying at 52 means that you fixed whatever you need to fix. Meaning you started early. And that's the equivalent of living 70 years. It's not a sign of Karis. Because he died at 52. So the Zer Shimsha very rarely quotes his father. He says, My father asked the question. The Yerushalmi says, I'll pass on the verse, From all your guardings, um, um, you know, look over your heart, for from it is the, is the outgrowth of life. 
which the Yerushalmi says, Mikol Masha Amarti Lechayishamer, keep all the mitzvahs, She'enati Yedea Me'eze Mitzvah Yetze Lechachayim, because you don't know which mitzvah will be for you the source of life. V'hikshu Huzal, so my father asked, that's what the Zer Shimshon is saying, Palakol Mitzvah, Mitzvah Matnuschara, Richas Yamim. We know that every mitzvah has along with the mitzvah and the reward which you get in the future, every mitzvah gives you long life. Over the 50. He's just saying, well, we're going to have to explain that. But he's saying, we know that every mitzvah brings with it an extension of life. The famous uh, joke about the, not joke, it's a true story, but they, um, they, they, they once asked the Chassam Sofer, the Chassam Sofer would daven a very long Shmon Ezra. So they said to him, you're one of the biggest Tamid Chachamim in the generation, and we know that Torah comes before Tefillah, so learning is more important than davening. So you still have to daven, but you should daven a shorter Shmon Ezra, and that way you'll have more time for learning. So he said, no, no, the Gemara tells us that if you daven, you get longer life. So I've made a calculation that the extra life that I get by davening longer will be more than shortening the davening and using that time for learning. So, Why does the Torah tell us that honoring parents and sending away the mother bird both give you long life? Because one's a hard one to do and one's an easy one to do. To tell you, Lomar Shikala Mitzvah to teach you that every mitzvah brings long life. Furthermore, what does it mean that from there comes out life? The Gemara Darshan's there. Tough, tough, kuf gimel mine misa nivru ba'olam kiminyan totsaos. That there are 903 <coughs> kinds of death in the world. I don't think anyone's done a f- comprehensive list yet. In Cain, Bishmiris Kala Mitzvahs, if you keep all the mitzvahs, you Natsela Adam Mikal Elu Minomisis, the person is protected from any kind of death. Because what we understand is that there are certain types of death that are connected to certain sins. Misa, that someone who gets someone who transgresses that sin will get a certain kind of punishment of death. So the other way is true. If you don't transgress certain sins, or you do the mitzvah which correlates to that form of death, you can't die that form of death. But because we don't know specifically which death correlates to which mitzvah, and you don't know what death was decreed upon you, so that's why the Yerushalmi says, because of that you have to keep all the mitzvahs. Because if we would know the type of death which is set up for us, if you would know which mitzvah, like David HaMalach, it says that he knew he was going to die on Shabbos, so he studied Torah all of Shabbos. And the Malach HaMavis can't actually affect someone while they're in the midst of Torah study. So, but, but, so you have to distract him. So he says, we would do the same thing. If we would know what, what the plan is outlined for us, we would avoid doing that specific thing, and Hashem doesn't want that. So there's the mushal about the 
boy who chasing away the bird, he climbed the tree to chase away the bird, he fell in the tree and he died, and the two people saw it, they became apikorosim because they said it doesn't work. Was maybe that mitzvah, the one he was on the world to, to correct, and so when he did it, God said, okay, you're done, even though you're young. Is that how we understand what the spread that, is? That might be, the Gemara gives a different answer, but yeah, that would be included in what we're saying. That uh, um, too often, the reason why people leave the world is because they finished their purpose in the world. Um, an example would be the great Sadiqim, the Arizal, who died in his 30s, the Arachayim HaKadosh, in his 30s, the Ramchal, in his 30s, and um, the Baal Shem Tov, a little bit older. Uh, but all of these Sadiqim, they were, they were young, Nachman of Breslau, very young. Uh, and it, it's hard to, it's hard to um, accept but the answer is that we were given we were given uh, fifty years worth of work, and you know what? If uh, if I hire an um, uh, an employee to to do work, uh, all I need is all these uh, files filed, and I say this is what you do for what you need to do for today. It's about eight hours worth of work, so uh, I'll see you later. And they finish it in five hours. And they call me up and say, you know what, uh, do you have any other work? And I say, no. What do we do? Have them sit around? They say, you can, you can go home now. So there's some people who accomplish 50 years worth of work in, in 36 years and, uh, and the Arizal was taken out. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I imagine, I imagine, I imagine, yeah, I imagine you get rewarded for efficiency, you get employee of the month. Yeah. Fish <laughs> of the month. Uh, but yeah, I would imagine some money from our perspective. Right, that's the Gemara's answer. All right, let's try to do this one last piece here. I'm continuing in the parsha. Medrash, the Medrash says, "Va'avdil aschem min ha'amim." I will separate you from all the nations. Liosli, you will be to me. Imatem uvdalim min ha'amim. If you separate yourself from the nations, hariyatem sheli, then you'll be my people. But if not, I'm going to hand you over to someone else. If you're not going to be separate from the nations, go ahead, join them. Hang out with them. Leave them. See how that works for you. This is, uh, this is difficult. What's this trying to tell us? That, that if we don't listen to Hashem, we're going to get exiled? Why phrase it in this way? If you, if you don't separate yourself from the nations, you'll be of theirs. So he quotes the Kabbalists who tell us Al-Pasik, This is a verse in Eicha where it says the enemies of the Jewish people, they're um, the ones who cause them the most harm, they become the leaders. In fact, when Yochanan and Zakkai sneaks out of, the, of Yerushalayim and goes to meet Vespasian, and he says to him, Shalom Alecha Malka, Peace be upon you, king. So he says, we have to kill you now. Because you called me king or Caesar, and I'm not the Caesar. He says, no, you are. So he says, well, why do you say that? He said, because we have a tradition from Yirmiyahu Anavi, that the enemy, the one who comes to destroy the Jewish people, is the Rosh, is the king. And as they were speaking, a messenger came in with a letter that says that the Caesar died and they've appointed you. And he was so impressed by the wisdom of Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai that he gave him three wishes and uh, that saved the Jewish people. But it was because of this tradition of Hayutzareha Larosh that the enemies of the Jewish people, the real enemy, becomes the king.
but and the Gemara says Kalametzar li Yisrael, the one who um, oppresses or troubles the Jewish people, Nasa Rosh becomes the leader. So that's true in a very practical sense. That uh, you know the the guy who in the 1930s decided that he was going to make his platform about uh, hating the Jews. So he was the true enemy of the Jewish people. So there was a power that came to him, and he became the chancellor, and he became, uh, his plan was to become king of the world. Queen Isabel, that, same thing. Yeah. Does that mean Iran is going to be powerful? Uh, are they our direct enemy more than anyone else? Oh, yeah, but, but are they the only one? I guess. I, what it would mean is like this. It would mean that within Iran, the one who's going to have the strongest sentiment of anti-Semitism is going to have the greatest support from the spiritual world to become the leader. That's only when we're trying to assimilate. Well, that's when we'll see. That's when we're doing the wrong thing, yeah. The Hainu, so the Mikubalim explain this even deeper. They say, The Jewish people are supposed to be embedded and rooted in holiness. This is Parshas Kedoshim. Parshas Kedoshim means we're supposed to be connected to holiness. Which is true, when we do the will of Hashem. When we as a people, when we sin, the holiness, the Kedusha which we have, goes away from us. And that allows impurity to take hold of us. You want to know why there's so much assimilation? Why there is so much, so many souls of the Jewish people who are falling into impurity? It's because we are not doing a good enough job of connecting to holiness. When we don't connect to holiness, the holiness which we're supposed to be connected to goes away from us and impurity attaches itself to us. In the 50s or 40s when people came here, they tried so hard to blend in and not lose their job every week that the results is the next generation assimilated. Right? That would be the separation of holiness. But, as we know, a Jew can never fully separate himself. Every Jew, we say, even the empty Jews are filled with mitzvahs like a pomegranate. So every every Jew has mitzvahs. So the Jews still have every Jew still has a spark of holiness inside them. We call it the pintalayid, but it's that spark of holiness. But that spark of holiness is angry. It's outraged at the person that's dragging it down. Because the person is causing that spark to get lost. So the spark is fighting against that person. That spark has to sit with the impurity. So listen to this, because this is an incredibly original idea. The king of every nation... They have a spark of holiness. That's why we make a bracha when we see a foreign king. He has given his honor to a man of flesh and blood. The honor that Hashem graces someone with as the king means that that person is a custodian of a certain level of holiness or grace of God. As we know by Esav, it says, that he had trapped or game in his mouth, 
And we say, Esav had a spark of holiness in his head. He was holding on to this holiness. That's why the head of Esav is buried in the Ma'ar Samachpela. Even today you go, there's still some people who claim they know the spot where Esav's head is buried. So the reason why he merited was because he was holding on to a spark of holiness, Kenoda. Only the head? Just his head, yeah. It's because of this spark. How Yitzchak Ohev also is why Yitzchak loved him so much. Because Yitzchak was fighting all his life to bring Esau back through that spark. So it's that spark of holiness <coughs> which when we sin, so the spark which remains within that person, the individual person, that spark, because we're down to a spark, when we sin, that spark connects us to that foreign king. That king also has a spark, and the sparks are drawn to each other. So I would say like this, in the case of, let's go with Ferdinand and Isabella, when they expelled the Jews in 1492, so the fact that they came to power, they, had, they were so powerful in the world, so they, they had these sparks, and therefore when the Jews decided to give up their Ju- Judaism and, and pretend and to live like that, that made them very powerfully connected to, those, to that king and that queen. And then that's what made them be lost completely. When the, as long as we are fully observing the Torah, we're more than a spark, we're a flame. So a flame can remain distinct and separate. But once we allow ourselves to thin down to a spark, at that point we have a greater connection to the world out there than we do to our friends, which is why you have so many Jews today who are so anti um, religious and anti from Jews and all of their agendas, and they're they're claiming this super incredible patriotism towards this country that they're living in over their Jewish identity. According to him, it's because the pintaliyid that spark is connected to the grace that Hashem has shown the United States, and that spark, and in a way that's more powerful than than connecting to to. He says. Um, that gives the power of that nation over the Jewish people. Because the sparks are struggling towards each other. That's the secret of this Medrash. If you separate yourself, then you are mine. You'll be embedded in holiness. Once you cling to them, your spark and their spark join together, giving them power. Nebuchadnezzar is referred to as a lion. And he overpowered the temple, which is referred to as a lion. This is what the Gemara means. That the, um, that the evil side can only overcome something that's slightly holier than it, but not something that's a lot holier than it. Which means that the, every person has a flame. And the lower your flame goes, the more you are drawn to the sparks of Kedusha that exist in the world. And unlike when we are a flame, when you have a large flame, and we're all living together, we are able to draw back all the sparks. And that's why when the Jewish people are doing the right thing, more, more, more of the souls come back. And on the contrary, we're having so much assimilation 
today because we've allowed our flames to get lower and lower. And the lower our flame, the more our flames become connected to, or when they come down to sparks, they're connected out there. And instead of them coming in, we're going out. And that's the secret of remaining Kedusha. Kedusha is what keeps the Jewish people together, keeps the flame burning, and that allows us to bring the sparks to us. reinforces what you said yeah. before in the first Thanks piece. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.